the evidence is there that there's cancers that are being caused and damaged that we have no knowns about yet or maybe f like fertility problems that you just mentioned for one of those, those amino acids so what are what are we going to do oh i gotta go i've been working told them please don't hit my phone i'm in my zone bro just leave me alone was on the road but i swear i'm coming home now the drinks on me i think we need a toast See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog. Swear I paid on my fees. I was starving for this day. Now my fan they can't eat. Welcome everyone to Commercial Podcast with your host Matt and myself, Peter. Thank you for tuning in. Another great episode for y'all coming out shortly here. But first, some housekeeping stuff. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you guys check out couplenurses.com. We house all our episodes on there, all our blogs, everything that's nursing related. Our travel checklist is on there. Our NCLEX study guide is, is there for anybody that needs to utilize it. And also we have our shop there. We have merch launches coming out every month. I'm wearing the April launch, which is the nurse fit. Matt is wearing a classic love shirt. I'm excited for the May ones. May. Yeah, May ones are going to be good. So for May, we're dropping some unit ones. Uh, tally med surge icu and er so if you want to scoop out that for your unit if you don't have unit shirts it's it's very fun to have unit shirts it builds kind of uh this this uh group morale it's definitely a good time so if you check it out that out on couple nurses.shop also don't forget about we are frontlinewarriors.com that is our sister site uh, there's also a shop attributed to that and that is where you can go for all your mindfulness wellness health related information information and how to grow your consciousness and speaking about that we're for all of you that listen to our couple news on Mondays, we're going to transition that to more of a frontline warrior podcast that's going to speak more to the public audience about health, wellness, mindfulness, everything conscious related, uh, not just strictly nurses. But Friday is going to stay the same. Friday is going to be our nursing based uh, episodes for all our nursing fans out there. And also one more thing before we dive in here is Pronto, P-R-N-T-O. You can check it out on prontohealth.com. That is an app we are diligently working on that's going to revolutionize and innovate the uh, the healthcare sector. It's going to allow you to find jobs, find different career aspirations, uh, find any kind of information related to just nursing, healthcare, allied position or practitioner related information and, and anything that's related to like your career aspirations for the most part. But what's up, Matt? How's it going? I'm well, brother. Thank you for the lovely introduction. On today's episode, we're going to talk about an active ingredient in most herbicides called glyphosate, its impact in our food systems. And in the second part, we're going to talk about a peer-reviewed research study from 2018, how it systematically took all the articles and found out the food industry involvement heavily in these articles. Mm. So a lot of astonishing news here. I'm excited to unravel these topics. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, where if you look at agriculture and, and the food that you actually get on, on the plate, a lot of processing goes into it. And even when these plants are growing, when you're growing corn, when you're growing soy, when you're growing apples, while those fruits or vegetables are growing, they're getting sprayed with pesticides, herbicides, all that kind of stuff to make them grow, you could say, healthier and, and, and better. But a lot of times people don't realize is that this, these spray-on chemicals, they stay with these with, these, with this harvest for the whole the whole uh, length of, it, of its life from grow to to your dinner plate and you'd go crazy if you try to eliminate every single toxic thing 
you consume. It's, it's impossible. You, you go crazy. But there are a few of them that you should really take a look at and try to kind of stem from. The one that we're going to go over today is is glyphosate. That's one of the major ones that there's a lot of residues on, on all of our foods that has been shown to not be the most beneficial thing for us to be consuming. Yeah, we've, we've figured out as a industry in the food sector how to create the most profit, mm. do it efficiently, and it comes with some risk. And this is one of those chemicals where we're finally shedding light on what's happening. Mm. So a little backstory about what glyphosate is, because we always love the history part and everything. So it was made by a Swiss chemist that was working for a pharmaceutical company, Dr. Henry Martin. He discovered it in 1950. And this molecule didn't have any pharmaceutical implications. They didn't have to do with it. So they sold it to a series of companies so they could begin tests on what are the possible uses. And it is a uh, herbicide that gets sprayed on the leaves, the plants, and helps uh, control the growth of insects, bad bacteria that would con- condition or that would destroy it. And also the, the sodium salts and glyphosate are used to regulate the growth of the plant and actually to ripen faster. Mm-hmm. So as a multi-purpose, which makes it a great product to be used, but now we should take a step back and think about if this is the right thing, if it's not great for the human population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the way glyphosate works is when it gets absorbed by these by these leaves or these gra- gla- uh, grasses of these plants, it actually prevents the synthesis of three major amino acids, which is phenyl- phenylalanine, tyrosine, and tryptophan. And by stopping those three amino acids from being synthesized, they prevent this leaf or this plant from growing. And what's actually crazy is I actually looked up like what these uh, things are actually responsible responsible for because it affects a plant, plant that way where it prevents the synthesis of those three amino acids, and which means that if we consume it, it's preventing us from making those amino acids as well. So I actually looked up on what these amino, what these amino acids do and the the first one, the phenyl, the phenylalanine, uh, that's a major major uh, proponent to creating another amino amino acid. And within amino acids, you have to get them from an outside source. Your body is, un, is unable to just make amino acids out of thin air by itself. It needs from, from it needs to be consumed from external force source. So that's one of them. The second one, the um, tyrosine. So if you don't have enough of that, uh, what tyrosine does, it helps the body build protein. So every tissue in your body has this tyrosine amino acid in it. And you can't have proper tissue fu- tissue function without this amino acid. So technically, this herbicide is blocking you from the, like, creating healthy tissue. And then the third one, uh, very similar, uh, tryptophan. It's an amino acid needed for normal infant growth and production of protein and maintenance of your, of your body. So that's crazy how it disrupts these three amino acids in, in plants and prevents them from growing. But if you consume it, that's what you're actually doing to your, to your body as well. So that's like a crazy trip because you can literally, if you breathe this stuff, if you consume this, this is what's going to end up killing you. And it, now we're finding it in food. Mm-hmm. It just started being registered for its first use in 1974. We're in 2022. So it took almost five decades, 50 years for us to finally pinpoint what's going on with this which Mm. is mind-blowing and just look at all these new implications that we're creating technology what are those problems this took 50 years to figure out imagine other things look at technology and it's ever evolving 4g 5g what are the 
problems with that. We mm-hmm. can't test that in such a time when this took just 50 years and it's so harmful to our bodies based on what you described how it's affecting those pathways. Yeah. Ultimately, we're ingesting is doing the same thing. And glyphosate has been known to cause problems because there has been lawsuits. So according to Monsanto, in the 40-year history of safe and effective use, there has been almost overwhelming consumption and conclusion of experts worldwide saying that glyphosate is safe to use. And apparently there's evidence that are growing against it. So when Bayer got, when Monsanto got purchased by Bayer in 2018 for 63 billion, everything came with it, including all those lawsuits. Mm -hmm. So Bayer has spent billions of dollars to pay back these people out of the 125,000 cases that there has been lawsuits against Roundup. 96,000 cases are currently being fought in court, and the company has to spend money to refund those families for the damages. Mm. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. That's like people die because of this stuff. And just to bring it back, when you talk about the whole technology thing, how now we're like technology is forever engraved in us. We're not going to be able to just not use technology. It's it's forever with us. We have to use it. It's almost like we cannot live without it. So now we're in this phase of this whole Monsanto thing and and Bayer and glyphosate where glyphosate use is, is so common, it's almost impossible to not use it anymore. Because like you said in the beginning of the episode, right now where agriculture is and manufacturing is you have to produce as much product as you can with, with each harvest. And like we talked about in the past, that leads to soil degradation, which prevents you from growing healthy crops long-term. And now you're using glyphosate, which is harming current crops, crops and then hurting soil in the long run because this stuff doesn't just disappear. It gets absorbed. And obviously not all of it is going to get absorbed by the plant. Some of it's going to hit the soil. So it's like a a dangerous time we live in, especially when we learn about the whole soil degradation stuff. And now we're talking about glyphosate, how that negatively affects us. And yet we're so used to using it and agriculture is so used to having this. And we use it up so much where now it seems like there's more of a negative than there's a benefit. But we're so used to using this then how are we going to not use this anymore? How we are gotta we, figure out new ways. Yeah, how do we how would we now keep up with these better harvests each time? Well, even though you're producing a better harvest, but the harvest doesn't yield as much nutrition. Not as nutrition dense. It's just numbers, not necessarily nutrition anymore. Yeah, I mean ultimately we would have to grow our own food mm-hmm. and help offload the stress of the food industry in this case. And that doesn't sound possible compared to how many people are living in the cities and suburbs where they don't have access to big anchors of mm. lots or even a backyard to decently grow something. I know yeah. most people do, but look at here in San Diego, where are you going to grow right. enough vegetables to support your family for a few months? Yeah, or even if difficult. you live in a, yeah, or if you live in a condo in like where we live in the suburbs or not in the suburbs, but like the South side of Chicago, like where are you going to, how are you going to have a, have a garden? Yeah. That balcony is only going to be able to get some tomatoes and maybe yeah. some peppers and there's if no room that, for lemons. Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> room for lemons. And plus lemons have a, no, it's oranges have a high content of, of glyphosate. Yeah. Lemons are still chilling. Limes were on, there, were on the list. So there's a lot of class action lawsuits against Bayer for this herbicide Roundup. Roundup is the brand name. Generic name is glyphosate, if that makes sense. So what are the regulatory agencies saying? Uh, there's There's been a lot of discussion. Most have said there's no issues with this. In 2015, a committee of scientists working with the International Agency of Research on Cancer and WHO suggested that glyphosate is a probable carcinogenic. Mm. So the evidence is there that there's cancers that are being caused and damaged that we have no 
no knowns about yet, or maybe for, like fertility problems that you just mentioned from one of those, those amino acids. So what are, what are we going to do about it? And ultimately, as we always say, change starts from within and it's just avoiding the products that are housing these mm. um, glyphosate, glyphosates. Mm. And it's like, how can they tell you that it, it's completely safe for you to consume? How can how can they they say that if if you know it kills plants and if it if it kills plants right and if you think about it for example you have a flower if you want to know something safe put it in like a flower if you're not sure if your water is drinkable if you put water a flower with bad water it's gonna die so if you have like a water system issue and you think it's stemming from water just water your your plants with your drinking water maybe you just drink it from the sink and if your plants are dying you probably water has some kind of an issue with it so if it's like if things are toxic to plants. They're more likely toxic to humans as well. Same if you like spray, for example, a, a flower with Windex and you keep spraying with Windex instead of water, it's going to die. Same if you keep drinking Windex, you're going to die. Even though it is liquid, it does ha- contain some water, it, it's still toxic to you. So it's just like, how are you going to tell us that this product prevents the synthesis of these amino acids in this plant? And yet we know we need those same amino acids. You're telling me that this isn't going to do the same thing to me when I when I absorb it when i breathe it in when it gets gets on my hands like how does that not translate it, ha- it has to like it makes sense in my mind but people aren't talking about it because that's the stuff they don't want you to know they don't want you to know the harmful effect that's why they're always written in small font yeah. that's why when you watch pharmaceutical commercials yeah they talk about them but it's usually music playing to distract you from the, what the words they're saying and then if their words are on the screen it's usually small print and moving quickly so you can't even read it yeah, we talked about soil. So the residual of that herbicide just being there, it's like an antibiotic to your to your body, which technically is Mother Earth in this case. It's destroying good and bad. What if that's killing worms and killing all those insects that are part of the ecosystem mm-hmm. to soften the soil, to give it proper nutrition, all the nitrogen breakdowns to actually give us the proper nutrition. So you're killing that fundamental piece. and So you have vancomycin of nursing. It's, it's a broad spectrum. It's going to kill anything that, that's there. Is there a proper use for vancomycin? Yeah, when you don't know the when you don't know what the infection is, when you don't know what's going on, but there is an infection. It's when you use vancomycin, we're not sure because the positives outweigh the negatives. Same with same with this stuff. It's just like Roundup and uh, glyphosate is appropriate at certain times. Should be something that we're giving to everybody, or every every uh, product, every fruit, every vegetable, every harvest. No, it should only be used when needed. But the easy way out is just spraying it regardless because just in case. It's easier to do it just in case than to do it when, when you're supposed to. Like prednisone, for example, we, we give steroid, which is anti-inflammatory to people for a temporary amount of time. It produces a lot of benefits when you're having bronchitis, when you're having different issues, different airway constrictions, different kind of issues going on in your body that, that, that prednisone tackles. But we know the long-term use of effect of prednisone is you get these different kind of issues where, you, where you gain weight, yeah, your bones become brittle. So yeah, so things are supposed to be used for the reason why they were created. And what's going on with glyphosate is just, it's just being sprayed whenever. It's like going to your doctor, having a, having a cold, you know, which is a viral infection. He's giving you antibiotics just to mask the symptoms, which doesn't really help you any longer, but you're just doing it as a, as a protective kind of thing. Yeah. And there's some great people and organizations that are doing great things to help prevent our products from having this. So the Environmental Working Group, Food Democracy Now, and the Detox Project, they have used FDA-regulated labs to test products that potentially have glyphosate and have found dangerous levels in everyday food. Mm-hmm. So here's a list of ones that you should avoid. So granola, avoid brands like Quaker, Kind, 
back to nature, nature valley, all the instant oats stuff. I'm upset that Quaker actually has it, even though sometimes it says organic or instant oats. That's all bad. Cereals such as Cashy, Kellogg's, Lucky Charms, Cheerios, all that stuff has been tested for glyphosphates. Mm-hmm. Snack bars as far as Kellogg's, Nature Valley, Kind, Quaker, all that stuff. Orange juice as far as Tropicana, Minute Maid, Signature Farms, even Kirkland, Avoid. Yeah. Uh, crackers as far as Cheez-Its, Ritz, Triscuits, Goldfish. Cookies such as Cashies, Annie's, Oreos. All the Lay's brands, Doritos, Fritos, all those things contain those these ingredients. So it's a lot of the bigger brands. Mm-hmm. All the good stuff, huh? Yeah. And on the, our Cup of Nurses show notes, there's, in the show notes, there's ways to avoid exposure to glyphosate. So the Detox Project actually has a website that shows all the brands that have been proven to be glyphosate residue free mm. so now they're creating labels such as the organic ones but they're adding this label right now it's going to take a lot of time to enroll this but the more hype we create in this industry and push hey glyphosate's bad we should make this change that's how this food label is going to grow just like the certified organic organic label grew yeah. we are tired of these pesticides and we're going the organic route and this is what's ultimately giving power to the consumers that prevents from companies from using these kind of products or these herbicides in this mm-hmm. case that are harming our health. Yeah, I'm trying to find that list of like the most, the foods that have the most residue of these uh, glyphosates that we're talking right before we hopped on here. And I'm not sure where that link went, but another top ones, the top ones for sure were almonds, soybeans were, were on there. Soybeans were, no, were number one. It was soybeans for sure on top. Beets were on there, uh, oranges and limes. So those you should try to really, really buy organic. And if you can, try to get them like straight from the from the farmer. But the thing is, like even if you get them straight from the farmer, you have to make sure that farmer doesn't use glyphosate in his, in his farming practices. Another, tough. another alarming study we looked at from 2007, which sampled rainwater and air from 1995 to 2007 in Mississippi. Mm. And it showed that 75% of the air and rain samples had traces of glyphosate. Mm. And we don't know what are the long-term implications of inhaling a herbicide and drinking it or it being just continuously being expelled in the air because it's an active ingredient. And it makes sense because like thinking back when we learned in school how like the rain cycle is. So it's like the whole condensation, evaporation, all that kind of stuff. So... When these when this glyphosate is in our soil and when it gets warm and then it cools or it gets cool and then it warms, uh, it produces pers- perspiration. And in those water droplets, glyphosate gets gets into the water droplets, right? So when it evaporates, when it goes up into the air, turns to like the mist or, or the steam, whatever that proper term is, and then it rains, it makes complete sense because guess what evaporated? The water with the glyphosate. And then you have all these all these um, chemicals that, you know, you technically potentially breathe in or, or swallow when it's raining outside how many how many times have as a kid you been outside it's raining so you stick your, your mouth out and the, and the rainwater hits you in the mouth and you, it's on your tongue and you drink it technically so in the hospitals we have polypharmacy and too much medications we're giving patients now imagine in the world we have polypharmacy but in different aspects of chemicals in the food industry mm. chemicals in the makeup 
chemicals, which are perfumes that are not discussed, that are giving sense to people that are wearing in everyday life. And this is con- continuously polluting our air that we're breathing in. Yeah. What's the poly- polypharmacy interactions of all those substances that are just in our air? Mm-hmm. No wonder we're having allergies and sinus problems and all this. Like, we can't measure this, but it's happening in in real life. Yeah. Imagine wild. if like one of these chemicals interacts with like our process to maintain blood pressure. And like, imagine if a pesticide did that, and for some reason, we were using it for hundreds, hundreds of years, and now hundred years later, it's realized that this pesticide is basically stopping the inability for you to properly control hypertension. And then we consume small amounts of it, and then it takes longer to bring your hypertension down. Maybe the not stands, but maybe like ACE inhibitors might start to not work as well because there's inter- interference with this. Yes, it's a great. I know it's kind of a little bit far fetched, but it's something to consider. Like maybe. The stuff that we're breathing, breathing in, the stuff that we're consuming, same way when you consume food, like for example, diabetes, if you consume high sugary foods, it's going to raise your sugar up, you're going to need more insulin. So this kind of just shows you that whatever you put in your body has a reciprocal about how medication is going to also work on you. And you never know, we might come to the point where our drinking water is different than what it used to be. And now maybe you have more phosphorus in drinking water and it might affect us in some way where we're forever changed as humans. And I don't want to sound like we're fear-mongering because ultimately I think that our bodies are so beautiful that we could fight off anything if the belief is powerful enough and you could detox from all this stuff and nothing affects me. Because if you think like that, then you're going to be fearful of all this stuff Mm. and you might be just masked up in a room. Yeah. But if we have the ability in everyday life to remove remove chemicals that we're consciously aware of that are affecting us, why wouldn't you do that? Mm. And that's why the change starts within and you say no you don't want to consume this and the farm the industries are going to have to adapt just mm-hmm. like the trans fat was the thing and all these other movements we have the vegan movement right now that's taking action so all this change is possible it just all starts within and it starts with awareness of what's happening and we believe in everything in moderation like understand that it probably is beneficial to some extent for us to get exposed to glyphosate because think about it, if you consume it Maybe it causes some some immune response, but now your body kind of knows how to fight it off or how to deal with it because we don't want to be a society that just eats everything super clean. I wash my hands with water, super water all the time. I don't get sick. I don't have any dust anywhere and whatever. And, and you got to realize that with that mindset, you're going to lose the ability to actually fight off certain things. For example, if we, if we decide to not put peanuts in anything ever again, you're going to see a higher likelihood of peanut allergies because some people are born with like a small reaction to peanuts and then when they consume someone with peanuts, then their body learns how to appropriately manage the, the reaction and it doesn't lead to any kind of allergic responses further on. So it's it's like that um, sensitivity thing. The, the key thing is to be exposed to a lot of things at smaller amounts. That way your kind of body already knows how to fight it off or how to process it or what to do with it when you get it in larger amounts. So like don't don't shy away for trying things because of like of your scare or because this I'm not gonna eat that pizza because that though has uh, glyphosate in it or some other other chemical like you could still consume these things it's just keep it in moderation of course you don't want to overdo it but if you're overdoing on a pizza you're probably going to have diabetes before this glyphosate's gonna kill you so that's a whole different talk for a whole different day so it's like yeah. keep that into, into, into consideration don't just like like Matt said don't you be scared and not do anything and not try anything new because of all these different toxic chemicals because you're going to go crazy. 
Like we're not sure what's toxic, what's not. We just know that certain things are, certain things aren't, and it's just how life is. You're not, you're not gonna know, know like how you're going to respond to something until you try it. It could be the best thing for you, it could be the worst thing for you. But don't be a little baby, you know. Yeah, and segmenting into the second part of the show, which is the food industry and its involvement in things, and we've had many episodes where we talked about in the show how a perfect example was statins, and not even statins saturated fats red meat is bad and the kinesiology guy made one study wasn't completely with it but the american heart association adapted and started this whole trend so you have to just be very wary of the involvement of the food industry and finally first of its kind there's a study that actually looked at into all the peer-reviewed journals the top 10 from 2018 and found out what are the outliers and what are the involvements in the food industry as far as um, affiliations with the author, the funding sources, the the principles, research of the findings, the declarations of interest, and finally put it into category to give us a picture. And this is just from one year. How much has a food industry, the process industry, and all these companies invest into skewing the results? And that's the messed up part about it is there's people that are paying articles to be written a specific way or research to be done to benefit a an agenda potentially Mm -hmm. and that's what's messed up is where now as science as healthcare professionals we're taking this in and we're trusting that this was studied the right way but there's ways that are of skewing this information for the dairy industry or for the vegan movement or the carnivore movement and that's just not fair there has to be some regulations and reinforcement Mm -hmm. there yeah, that's the thing about science. It's, it's a very beautiful thing, but it can easily be manipulated into giving you f- false results. And of course, think about it if if you're the if you're the the person that's manufacturing these these products, right? You're going to want the research to heavily favor you to be in your benefit. So there's different ways of kind of skewing this stuff. And the thing is, it's a, it's like it's not just with Monsanto. It's not just with with Bayer and with these pesticides and in, in this study. It's it's with, with, every, with everything. With pharmaceuticals, with like you said, diet, with the whole trans fats movements, and like the uh, the low fat movement that we that we knew was all that supplement yeah. shit too, like fish oils mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I got to take this route, and like it's all marketing, mm-hmm. it's all made to sell. And and if it's not gonna sell, they're gonna try to find research ways yeah. to prove their their way. Like they have a product to sell, they don't care mm-hmm. what happens. But we need to improve our sales this year, and there's mm-hmm. a couple ways to do it. And investing into research is one of them yeah and it's crazy to think about that but that, that's how it is that's why if someone offers you oh this is for sure going to help you they're probably lying it's they, they might they might not be lying like on purpose but they're not telling the truth because nothing that helped them is guaranteed to help you and, and that's like it goes to the back like that one pill solution that everybody that everybody wants it's very easy for me to sell you something that i know that that you need that you've been trying to, to find out because if you tell me what you need and I answer all those questions and, and more, you're going to probably believe me. So that's kind of how, that's also how, how research works as well. It's just, it's a, like I said, it's a business, man. Like it's shitty to, to say that, but, but it is. And even the physician profession of becoming a doctor that was, was first created as it was fake. It was, there was before real medicine came along, there was, there was fake medicine. And people used to sell you snake oil, which was like a, a fake cure for things. Because you got to realize that doctors weren't always the way they are now. There, there, there was 
a point in life where there wasn't doctors. There was people that kind of guessed at things that they guessed at what would help you with no medical background, with just kind of the stuff that they seen in, in life. And it's kind of where this profession stemmed from. So you, so it's kind of like pharmaceutical and the pharmaceutical industry and the medical industry have an upbringing of being a shady upbringing to begin with, which is interesting. So if you look at the the core fundamentals of like the core of where medicine and pharmaceuticals came from, they came from lies. Yeah, look what happened the past two years. Mm. All the commercials. That I'm not were, saying doctors lying to you or every yeah, healthcare yeah. professional lying to you. I'm, I'm just saying it stemmed from that lies. Yeah. Look at all the commercials that are backed up by Pfizer for the past two years and all these other researchers. Where do, where do you think that push was and what do you think happened these past two years? Mm-hmm. No need to talk about it. But it's funny that you mentioned about doctors. I just thought about something in the History Channel where there was this Chinese emperor and he, from I don't know which dynasty. And he wanted to live forever, so he didn't know how to do it. But there's a doctor that told him to take mercury pills whatever X amount of uh, times a week. And these mercury pills are going to help with longevity. But really, it made him delusional and crazy, and he died after taking those. But that was just a doctor that he was just testing his method. Even though we're in 2022 and we have the state of the art health, that doesn't mean that this is the end all be all of mm-hmm. doing things. Science does change. It's not fixed. It's it's what we always talked about. Even when we first started like cup of news episode one, bro, mm. like science is not fixed. It's meant to change. That's why it's science because you study it and test it. Yep. And if you're going, if you're going into science, wanting a certain result, that's bad because internally, subconsciously, you're going to try to get those results. And that's not how science should be. Of course, you know, if you want to be an honest person, you're obviously going to want your product to work, but you also have to test it honestly. And you have to be okay with the results not aligning with what you wanted to to accomplish. Because that's what science says. Science doesn't tell you what's right or wrong. It just shows you what it, what it is. That's the beauty of science. Because it, it shows you what it is. And the beauty of like spirituality and like religion stuff is it's showing you what is not. That's kind of like to, like a way of, of looking at at, it, at, the, at the real world. Because there's some stuff in the world that we can't explain. And that's like the spiritual side, the energy side, the, the what, it, what it's not. And science and reality is what it is. So it's like you got to be able to have both. That's why if somebody is telling you, oh, this is for sure going to work, this is for sure going to work, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this, uh, it's a flawed person because it doesn't work for everybody. But of course, there's like some basic principles that do work for everybody, which is exercise, healthy eating. So eating healthy is good, but somebody telling you how to eat, eat healthy, that's probably not, not, the, not the best thing. Same with exercise. Exercise is really good, but if someone is telling you how to, how to exercise and telling you how you should be doing these, these movements... Like in, in one aspect, it's good, but second aspect is not good because if they're telling you how to, how to do things, they don't have your workout goal in mind, your exercise goal. Is your goal to lose weight or to build muscle? If you're a new person and you're trying to you know build muscle and this person keeps telling you to do cardio, do cardio, do cardio because you got to burn fat or whatever, then they're probably not not having your best interest in mind. Yeah, it's exercise, but exercise for not the right reason. If that makes sense. Not to, go on like a, not to get sidetracked here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's your perspective on mm. that. So going back to the food industry involvement in all these articles. This study came out in December of 2020. It analyzed 1,461 articles. The results were that out of those 1,400 articles, 196 of them, which was 13.4%, had reported a food industry involvement. And as far as like articles, the most one was Journal of Nutrition. Wow. Dietary effects on journals through the food industry. 28.3% having the highest and the pediatric obesity one was the least 3.8. Mm. 
Uh, but other journals that they included in the study was International J Journal of Obesity, Nutrition Reviews, Journal of Obesity, the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, the Journal of Nutrition, Advanced Nutrition. So if we want to find out the best ways of nutrition and the scientists, why skew them with money that had to be funded mm. and put peer pressure that specific way? And this is the, the big draw that we're trying to draw here where there's limitation to study. We're only talking about the nutrition industry there and the food industry involvement. What, what about these other journals that are studying specific things as far as vaccinations, let's just say, or orthopedics or cardiology? What's the involvement of the pharmaceutical industry that are telling people this? Like, it's like, imagine in five years we say, that cholesterol isn't produced the way we thought it was and you really don't need to take stands mm. there's no way that industry is going to that industry is going to pour a lot of money into the american heart association x y and z journals to make sure that does not get backed up by research and science yeah. so that's why we have to be very weary of these results and back to what you're saying it's about pre precision nutrition mm. or precision exercise to your body fine-tune it it's not a one-all be-all box that's being sold to you yeah i know it's crazy like how you said that you know they're not going to let that information come to come to fruition and what the crazy thing about it is if they're paying for that research and they have that research they don't have to have it go public so what they could do is they could be like oh crap stands really don't work let's keep pushing stands for 10 more years but in the background we'll start working on different medication that's going to treat cholesterol in, in a different way so it's like they have you by the balls, like literally, because they have the information and it's up to their discretion to release it. And so they, they know what the future is holding. So they because, can switch the industry yep. and then push that info yeah. too. Isn't that crazy? Because they, they have the, the information, they have the product. So if they have the information and the product and the results, then they could show you whatever they want to show you technically. They could tell you whatever they want to tell you because no other place is having these results besides them. It's yeah. in-house. And real quick, like 13% doesn't seem like a lot, but look at Google. The first page, first page of Google gives you everything. 13%, so 196 out of 1,400 doesn't seem like a lot, but it's these 196 that are being funded with the most money, which are the ones you're going to see on the internet. You're not going to see all 1,400 articles. I probably haven't even read 1,400 articles in my, my whole life, bro. Very good perspective. Yeah. And those articles that are reporters talking about it, the news is, yeah. and that's what's being pushed, not these. Uh, yep. not, and then these ones that are being pushed properly, the 196 are well-funded. They're hitting all the keywords. They're going to be out there. They're running the Google ads. You're going to see that on multiple. You're going to see it on Medline. You're going to see it on WebMD. You're going to see it on, on Healthline. You're going to see it on other websites because they have the infrastructure and money to, to push that. But the truth is out there technically. It's out there, but go find it. Go find the truth. If if all I'm giving you is, is, is falsehood and I'm and I'm hiding something behind my back, but I'm only showing you the, you the front, then you know you're never gonna be able to see it. I'm never if there's something always in it. It's like the allegory of the, of the cave. If you have a chance to look up, look up the allegory of the cave by Socrates. It's it's a crazy thing that that he talks about. It's a it's like um not a metaphor, but it's like a little story of how easily people are manipulated and how blind you actually are as a person. It's a very short video. It's like a, a poem that he wrote. Check it out, Allegory of the Cave. And this goes into, well, before I actually talk about this. So last thing in the study is the processed food manufacturer involvement in those articles. Out of the 196, 77 had fundings from processed food industry, which is 39.3%. And just look at a comparison between sugar. How long has sugar been hushed hushed blaming it on saturated fats red meat for 
forever because we're using a lot of sodium and sugar and processed foods, whether it's cereal, whatever, and we're masking obesity and diabetes from happening. But these people keep funding it and we keep looking at the wrong way. We keep looking at the cows like they're the bad guys. Mm. Even in this, look at this whole vegan agenda. Let's take, a, let's take a step back. I respect people for not harming animals. But anyway, you have Netflix for years pushing documentaries about what the health about the game changers pushing the vegan diet then you have endorsing influencers about it pushing that movement who's funding all this we never took a step back because we're so in it living in it and consuming this on the phones where did all this start and the and the, even the whole climate change and blaming greenhouse gases for cows so now we need to stop stop eating red meat it's bad and that's going to continue continue to be the push because that's the climate agenda another topic episode right pete mm-hmm. and look at the perspective you just gave if you have people purchasing agriculture or they're purchasing the the sector for growing lab grown meat and going that artificial route those people already invest in those companies whether it's bill gates or whoever mm-hmm. they know where it's going they know the data that's bad they know the push that's coming so now they're transitioning people trickling this agenda of hey red meat is bad it's bad for the climate and it, it goes perfectly into the agendas that they want to play out which they're taking society where what you want us to eat artificial meat now mm. or they're pushing hospitals to adopt vegan diets is that necessarily true or healthy when soy is a huge uh, product used in vegan products for example that has glyphosphate so what is the damn truth man yeah. and that's the rabbit hole that we're trying to unpack in every single episode sometimes like what is the right way to yeah. live Yep, and this whole global global warming agenda, like like yeah, it's understandable things are happening, but I'm not gonna be fully sold on it until these actually greenhouse aware people actually stop flying private planes because these people advocate for hey we gotta stop hey you gotta stop doing this you gotta stop doing that you got you gotta stop consuming this you can't consume that but yeah they're the ones that are flying these 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 planes tweeting just off the yacht. yeah they're and they're the ones you know leading the emission they have all these businesses that are are creating these these, these emissions so it's just like they're pointing a figure at, at us because we're a major population and it's easy to say hey all of all these 300 million people drive cars you're the problem stop driving 300 million cars but they forget that are yeah so they blame blame us for driving these cars but no one puts a finger back at them because it just sounds so believable that yeah there's 300 million of us if we all stop driving cars, then yeah, it'll fix something. But we'll stop driving cars. But guess what? They're gonna still fly in their private planes because because they can. So it's just like, is their agenda our agenda? Is someone else's agenda your agenda? Like, do you have the same goals as everybody else around you? Probably not. So it's okay to like not be part of this big picture approach to to every single thing that that that, that we see. Like, why can't we sometimes think small picture? Why is everything gotta be big picture? It doesn't always have to be big picture. Because you don't need everyone's uh, agreeance to solve these problems. You just need a, a legit approach that, that makes sense. Yeah. I agree with you. So yeah, in today's episode, you learned about glyphosate, why you should avoid it, the foods to avoid, and a awesome link that you could check out to check out brands that are glyphosate residue-free, which is part of the movement for us to implement change to ha- stop that from happening. And on the second segment, you saw the food industry involvement in peer-reviewed journals. It's very sad, and that's why, as we always say, take things with a grain of salt. Always question your reality. 
And if you're not, then you're just being spoon-fed whatever they want you to eat. Yeah, beautiful. What are you eating? <laughs> beautiful. Thank you so much, guys. We are nurses on a mission to change the world. Thank you so much for your time. See you next time. Peace. Thank you.